Well, let's get into our municipal watch feature for today. Uh, before I welcome my guests onto the program, I want us to just reflect on what has been taking place in the city of Tswane. Some residents are welcoming the city's disconnection campaign to defaulting customer. The hashtag Tswaneyadima campaign commenced last week and it has seen several businesses, government departments and others being disconnected for owing millions uh, of rand to the city. Pumzile Mlangeni takes a look. The city of Tswane continued with its aggressive revenue collection campaign on Monday, now also targeting homeowners. The campaign saw big businesses such as the Sheraton, which owed 23 million rands, and 32 government departments, including the SANDF, higher education, water and sanitation, and the public works departments, being disconnected. These residents say they are happy the city is finally treating everyone equally. Bravo. This is a good job, I say. They must continue. They must go after them. Good for the city of Tswane to do that. But my question still remains is, how come like places like the Sheraton were allowed to accumulate the debt of over 23 million rents, while you as a resident, when you keep paying for about two months, they are quick to switch off for you? I'm so grateful that they're doing this because I am paying my utilities. I remember when I lost my job in 2020, I couldn't afford my, my electricity bill and water uh, bill anymore. Tuane switched off everything. But the move has been met with discontent by many who were disconnected. The South African State Theatre and the University of Pretoria, which settled their bills, accused the city of political grandstanding. Other businesses have threatened legal action, but the city says it anticipated this and is ready to fight back. Mayor Randall Williams says the city must ensure revenue is collected. While opposition party, the EFF, has welcomed the campaign, it has called on the city to terminate its contract with debt-collecting companies, which were appointed in 2020 to recoup the money owed to the city. The party's Obageng Ramabodu. Businesses disconnected last week owed the city more than 420 million rands, with the city managing to recover 148 million rand by Friday. The city says it will be targeting homeowners who owe around 8 billion rand. I am Pumzilem Langeni in Pretoria. All right, so that's just a reflection of what has been happening in Tswane. So joining us for our conversation today to reflect on the various campaigns that municipalities can embark on and do embark on when it comes to the collection of uh, revenue is Mbulelo Sigaba, who is the Chief Director for Municipal Finance in the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Mbulelo, good morning to you. 
Good morning, Cathy, and good morning to your listeners. Lydia Matloko is the Chief Financial Officer at the Salt Lake Municipality. Okay, we're still uh, trying to get her back up on the line. It seems we've lost uh, the connection to her. And Danny Fansail, who is... Uh, uh, the project manager for Dusham uh, will be joining us a little later in this conversation and he'll reflect then just on the process of debt collection. Uh, this is a space that he works in and he'll also explain just what some of the challenges that they face when it comes to uh, those who are defaulting on their payments. So Mbulele, let me perhaps begin with you and give you an opportunity to explain for us you know you heard in, in that package that all right i think i think that that's lydia hi lydia good morning to you hello lydia okay there seems to be an issue there so we'll we'll bring lydia into the conversation as we continue bulelo let me come back to you and give you an opportunity just to break it down for us we heard then the package on twani one of the residents complaining saying how was an entity like the sheraton allowed to accumulate debt of 23 million whereas ordinary residents would have been long cut off by then should they have defaulted especially over 120 days uh, when it comes to the payment the payment for for their services so legally what does the law allow for when it comes to the issue of defaulting on payments thank you Katie, for having me uh, basically i think let's start from the beginning municipalities uh, they do have what we call credit control policies uh, that they adopt uh, adapt uh, to together with their budget at the beginning of every uh, sort of financial year of the municipality uh, so in this case then obviously the Tswane municipality would have adapted, uh, would have adopted a credit control policies and uh, they obviously they are implementing that now uh, these uh, credit control policies they would be supplemented now by bylaws where it would indicate the various categories of your customers, how then you implement those credit control policies. Uh, we do also, some universities also do have challenges with the old infrastructure that they have, uh, where you find that sometimes they, the businesses would query, you know, the, the meter readings, and in some cases the estimation. You will recall that during Fonen's COVID-19 uh, sort of lockdown, municipalities where for them could not uh, sort of uh, access the meter readings, uh, more especially for, for, for businesses. And, and as such, they had to do a lot of estimating in terms of the, 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 the services based on the sort of uh, historical uh, consumption of that particular customer. So those are some of the reasons then um, where for them to find that uh, with businesses, the municipality may not really sort of uh, implement uh, strict code on control policies because these entities are also employers, you know, they, they, they create job opportunities. So they normally would negotiate with the municipality. Whereas with individual uh, sort of customers, yes, there are negotiations, but uh, I mean, if you if you can afford to, to use the service, then they say you, you, you pay. So I think uh, the, the, the municipalities, maybe through the new council, they've adopted 
uh, resolution that all outstanding debt must be collected and credit control policies must be implemented 100%. Hence, uh, we have got these uh, sort of um, these connections. That could probably be the resolution of the new council. Mm -hmm. When you talk about the various categories that uh, municipalities will often group their customers into, um, what is the the purpose of of doing that? Uh, For them, let's take indigent. You you have got people Mm -hmm. that cannot afford to, to, to pay for services. So you have to categorize then your customers. These are the indigent customers, and uh, you, you normally will provide 50 uh, kilowatts of electricity per month and also 6,000 liters of uh, uh, per month free. Then the municipality is getting a subsidy from, from National Culture to pay. In other words, for poor households, they, you would have those categories. Then obviously you would have your, your components. You have got your schools public schools, uh, hospitals, and then you would also have uh, customers in this, in terms of consumption. You would have those customers that are actually the big users. of. Uh, so there are various tariffs that are being used, you know, to, to, to because if you use a lot of electricity, then the way to punish you is to charge a certain tariff once you consume. So that is how you categorize then your customers. So the categorization then, and, and, and I hear you on the issue of indigent households, does the categorization also make distinctions between those who are in townships versus those who are in suburbs? And does it trigger different responses when there are lapses in, in the payment of utilities? Not that I know of. I mean, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I stay in Swane and uh, I stay in the sub apps. Uh, the, the credit control policies are, are applied consistently. Uh, if I have not paid, uh, I will get a notice that uh, the municipality will be switching off if I don't pay within seven or fourteen days, depending on what what is their bylaw in, in the credit control policy. When you talk to municipalities and, you know, you have the opportunity of sometimes being able to analyze some of uh, their financial statements, what do you find are some of the more common challenges uh, when it does come to to, to uh, revenue collection? Yes, there is a challenge with uh, revenue collection with municipalities, uh, and more, most of them, they are not really implementing their credit control policies to the latter. That's why then you find that they accumulate debt. Yes, in some municipalities you find that, uh, for instance, if you look at the mining towns, you know, immediately there's a sort of a little economic activity in terms of mining. People are being retrenched. Then uh, you, you find that uh, people won't be able to pay now for those services, and then the debt would escalate. Uh, municipalities, in some cases, uh, because of this old infrastructure, they are not able to disconnect. If, let's say, you are using, you are, you are, you are staying in a, a complex, it's always difficult to run if you are not paying for your water to switch off the water. So what would happen is that they restrict the supply of the water. For instance, you can switch the whole sort of, let's say, a ten-story a ten building. You switch everybody if they are not paying, and then you 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 just open a, a communal tap right on the ground floor. 
It's just to inconvenience the people, then they will start talking to each other or with the landlord to be able to pay for those services. And, you know, this, this issue of not implementing debt control, have, have you found reasons for why it, it, it takes place and, and why it takes place for uh, as long as it does? Well, uh, I, I can summarize it here and say in some cases it's just more inefficiencies within the, into, into the value chain you know, of, of revenue collection. All right. And uh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we also don't uh, sort of discount the fact that there may also be corruption involved. Uh, actually, maybe the people that are working in the control, in the credit control section, they would actually get money from these businesses and then not switch off their electricity. Mm. We, we don't rule out those possibilities. I mean, considering that uh, there's been a lot of corruption almost everywhere. And is it possible, and, and have you seen instances where, let's say, Kathy owes 2,000 rand to uh, the municipality, she doesn't want to pay that money, and pays a bribe or whatever the case might be to an official who works in the credit control office to not cut me off, but to also take it a step further and to actually... Um, fiddle with the amount that I actually owe. So is it possible and have you had instances where the final bill that that somebody has can be completely altered or changed? Well, we we, we, we don't deal directly then with municipalities, but looking at the the audit outcomes of municipalities, you you will find that there are findings, uh, you know, to those uh, things. Uh, from individual municipalities. Yes, there are there are those findings, and obviously, then what we would do as a, as, as national is to support those municipalities by other opponents. We're looking at uh, uh, imp- imp- implementing now a smart metering system mm. that will make it easy. You, you don't have to visit your. I don't have to visit your house to 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 to, to in other words to take meter readings. The system will be easy to to to, to sort of. Uh, pick up the meterities using the technology and uh, and as such. You also, as a consumer, you can see how much you're consuming because your your meter will be linked with your with your either your phone or your 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 your, your computer where you can actually monitor the consumption of of, of your of your services. Mm. Look, uh, I think smart meters are are really going to uh, help to change the landscape, especially in those areas where they have not been implemented. And of course, uh, for those who are on prepaid, it's easier to monitor, uh, you know, these payments. And if you if you haven't topped up your electricity, chances are you just are not going to have electricity. And do you find that municipalities where the the technology has moved on, where you do have a prepaid uh, meters or even smart meters that those municipalities uh, do a better job, that they fare better when it comes to revenue collection? Yes, I agree with you. Okay. All right. We're in conversation with Mbule Losigaba. He's the Chief Director for Municipal Finance in the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Lydia Matloko is the Chief Financial Officer at the Salt Blackie Municipality. She's going to be uh, talking to us just from a practical perspective. What do they as a municipality do in terms of the implementation of their credit control policies and what have they found works and uh, what doesn't work? We'll 
also be hearing uh, from somebody who works in this field uh, to talk to us about the challenges, uh, particularly they as third parties who help to collect debt on behalf or in support of municipalities. What are the challenges that they face? But I still want to hear from you. Why do people not pay for their services? Why do you not pay? Uh, and I know that they're legitimate reasons. We've heard already about, you know, just being finding yourself in a situation where you are unemployed or your financial situation has changed and you are unable to pay. But generally, for those who don't have that as a reason, why don't you pay for the services that you receive? I'll take your calls on 011-714-2006. It's 11.30 and Musa has your headlines. Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the Talking Point for our Municipal Watch feature. Today, we're focusing on municipalities. How can they better deal with the outstanding debt that is owed to them? Mbulelo Sigaba is with the Department of Cooperative Governance, and he's the Chief Director for Municipal Finance there. Lydia, you, of course, are the Chief Financial Officer at the Salt Blackie Municipality. Thanks for your time today. Good morning. Good morning, Kelsey. Thank you so much for inviting Salt Lake to be part of this conversation. It's a pleasure. Let's firstly talk about just the approach that you as a municipality take when it comes to collecting revenue. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Kelsey, and good morning to the listeners of SAFM. Uh, I listened to the Chief Director making presentations around the policies of uh, municipalities, which are mainly common in terms of principle as they are guided by the National Credit Act as well as Debt Collectors Act in as far as the processes are concerned. But in response to the question that you have raised, I just want to highlight um, key issues that municipalities are battling with on a day-to-day basis when it comes to collection. The first and foremost that uh, we battle with um, is um, revenue protection strategies that are presented by municipalities versus the consumer rights of access to municipal services. This is one of um, is the two sides of the coin. As from the municipality side and in line with your credit control policy, the aim of the policy is revenue protection. How do you protect revenue? How do you collect from the categories of consumers that are using municipal services? On the other side, we are battling on a day-to-day basis with consumer rights of access to municipal services. The second uh, area of difficulty that we are faced with as municipalities is affordability of of municipal services versus the economic position of consumers. There's one of um, the speakers in this program who who made reference to the loss of employment, etc. And all these uh, things that people are facing, they have a direct impact on municipalities and how we approach the implementation of credit control and debt collection policy. The third area of difficulty is service delivery versus municipal financial viability. I'm raising these things, Kevin, uh, so that you can see what are the differences in views of consumers and the views of the municipalities when it comes to the approach on debt collection. And you need to have these things in mind at every point in time when you start implementing any credit control action. So, a municipality is no different than any other municipality in the country. 
we are struggling. We are currently sitting with a collection rate that is as low as 62%. And uh, the worst areas of uh, non-collection or lower payment ratios is uh, for services like your water, refuse collection, and sewer services. Most of the customers in Solplight, especially residential, are on prepaid electricity metering, which makes an improvement in as far as billing and collection on electricity for residential customers is concerned. But the rest of other customers that we have are on credit metering. Now, we have looked at various strategies as a municipality to make uh, an impact to ensure that we keep the municipality viable, we keep the municipality sustainable in the long term, and we are able to meet our commitments and provide quality services uh, to the people. We, our approach um, of recent is more on campaign basis, and um, our focus is more on promoting the credit control policy of the municipality because we realize that as much as consumers are, um, are complaining about affordability of municipal services, the provisions that are in the credit control policy are not well communicated and marketed to the consumers so that they, they know how they should deal with their own financial situations in as far as um, defaulting on municipal account, responding to the letters of notices of um, intention to suspend um, municipal services, and the arrangements they can enter into with the municipality in a case where they've accumulated uh, so much debt. In actual fact, this morning I was uh, busy uh, discussing with our communications manager in Salt Lake Municipality about an article that um, we're proposing from the Financial Services Directorate that must be published to educate uh, consumers and also bring to their site the status of um, the debt book of Salt Lake Municipality, which is currently sitting at 2.8 billion. So, Kathy, to respond to your question, um, there are various campaigns. Uh, the strategy of Salt Lake has, it has always been to campaign, educate, and uh, be in, com- in consultation with the consumers. We have a, uh, various service centers around the city where people can actually go in and um, make an account inquiries and have their problems uh, resolved. But the challenge with that process is the fact that when people have lost a dispute or are querying the account, they tend not to pay the account in good faith whilst the query is being resolved, they wait until the process uh, finalizes or there's a final position on their query. Those are the challenges that we come across on a day-to-day as municipalities. Sure. And Lydia, when it comes to, you know, this, uh, I mean, like you said, what you as a municipality is is owed in, in as far as, um, you know, the 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 defaulting customers is really incredible. And the question that most people will ask is, why is it allowed to get there? So what are some of the challenges that prevent a municipality from making sure that the situation doesn't get out of hand, as as we often see, and, and perhaps it's better to talk about a pre-COVID context because mm-hmm. I know that uh, you know COVID nineteen has brought on its own challenges. There were different concessions that municipalities had to put in place because people were losing uh, jobs at such a grand scale. But the challenges around revenue collection have existed 
long before COVID-19 and perhaps it's been, you know, exacerbated over the last couple of years? Thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, I think the angle that I approach this question you are posing is the following. That first and foremost, municipal services are, are, are critical for the survival of a human being in terms of water, clean environment, and all those things that are contained in the Constitution. Unlike any other debt that we accrue as people, like in your retail stores, it is perpetual in nature. It has no stopping. So you'll find the customer is struggling. In fact, let me deal with the customer who's just opening a municipal account that despite the fact that the Credit Control uh, Act requires any person entering into an agreement to be credit-worthy checked so that you can understand the payment profile of the person, the affordability of the person, that does not apply in in, in municipalities because it doesn't really matter your credit profile. The fact of the matter is you are residing within my municipal jurisdiction. You must have access to water, have access to municipal services. So on that point, the reason for the accumulation of debt in municipalities is the fact that there is no stopping to that debt. We bill you on a monthly basis. We collect your refuse debts on a weekly basis, depending on the policies of the municipality. It just doesn't stop. Now, when you're looking at the credit, um, National Credit Act in terms of the collection uh, procedures that are prescribed, where you allow a customer to miss the deadline of paying that account, and then you issue a notice, a 14-day notice to that customer that the account has not paid by the closing date and the customer has another opportunity to visit the municipal offices, make arrangements or settle the account in full. By the time you conclude the notice period of that customer, you would have already hit 90 days before you can start looking at uh, issuing summonses where the business, the process now is getting serious um, in as far as collection is concerned. Mm-hmm. Those are the constraints that are there that you will never be able to stop providing a municipal service to a customer. That's making the situation even worse. Unlike, like I said, in retail stores, that if you can't pay Edgar, they decide to cut down your credit, mm-hmm. you enter into arrangement, you settle that debt before they can give you credit. With, with municipalities, it is uh, unstoppable. That's why you'll find in our data booking, we sit with customers that will be indebted uh, to an extent of a residential customer owing a municipality up to 2.3 million, 5 million. When you're looking at the debt owed by that customer on that property compared to the valuation of that property, even if you can issue summonses, some of the uh, customers that are indebted to municipalities won't even be able to settle municipal debt through the sale in execution of that property due to the differences in the value of the property and the total debt accumulated. And hence, when you're looking at our policies, there are provisions. And uh, I, I remember in the olden days, they used to have um, a council says, but your policy is perpetuating the situation where you allow a defaulting customer to continue making arrangements on arrangements uh, for a debt without really resolving the balance on this account. So I'm giving you a sense of the day-to-day struggles and experiences uh, we go through as municipal officials in as far as debt collection is concerned.
and the fact that the debt is perpetual in nature, you don't stop providing municipal services. If you don't pay, it doesn't mean I can't provide you with sanitation uh, services. Uh, if it doesn't pay, it doesn't mean I can't collect your receipts back uh, the next week until you settle my account. Those are the realities um, on the ground, Casey. Let me invite then onto the show as well, Danny Fansale, who is a project manager at Dusham and is a project leader for revenue enhancement projects and revenue management training. Uh, Danny, good morning to you and thanks for your time today. Good morning, Cassie, and uh, good morning to your listeners. I just want to talk about this this issue of, of revenue collection. I think Lydia has done a pretty good job of outlining where the municipalities find themselves and, and it's just some of the structural challenges that they they face when it comes to being able to implement policies that will ensure that, you know, their the, the debtors book does not grow as extensively and as widely as, as it does sometimes. When somebody like yourself who's in the business then has to go about trying to help uh, municipalities with collecting revenue, what do you find are often um, the, the challenges in doing this, and you, of course, had, have the ability of of engaging with the customers directly, so you get to hear some of these stories uh, firsthand. Kathy, yes, I just want to say something uh, or correct you in one way. Sure. We are, uh, um, I'm working, or the, as a firm, we are working on revenue enhancement. We're trying to assist the municipalities to make sure for revenue completeness. In other words that every client that needs to be built is built and that they are actually built accurately. Okay. And, uh, uh, and so on. And of course, part, uh, one element of uh, revenue enhancement and revenue management is debt collection. So that's only, so we, we don't do the, the physical debt collection, but I will share my views on that, some of those challenges that we also see and that we, that the municipalities uh, also um, share with us when we are there. Lydia has mentioned something there as well, and that's an argument, uh, a, very, a very old argument, and that is, the, uh, what is the definition of access to services? So, and that is part of the problem, because it's always a debate, can we disconnect certain services, for example, water? Can we disconnect it, or do you have constitutional right to access of that service? And that is always the debate. Some people will say, no, if the, the main goes through uh, past your property, you've got access. If I disconnect you, you've still got access. Just pay your account and you will have access. While others will say, no, uh, you must, you can only um, restrict the flow. So <clears throat> that is, that is uh, a very important debate. I can also just say something. Some of the policies, uh, debt collection policies, is very poorly designed, what we find. For example, if, if I owe the council 10,000 rands, now I come in and I make an arrangement that says, okay, from now onwards, that for every time that you pay uh, uh, by prepaid electricity, 50% of the amount that you tender will go towards your arrears. But now I come and I buy 200 rands worth of electricity a month. So that means 100 rands goes towards the arrears. And in the meantime, my debts still keep on growing. So, so we're never actually going to make an impact with something like that. For the, instead of saying, 
okay, I will take 50% of the money that you pay for the arrears, but your current account must be paid up to date. So um, that will, uh, so it, it can't go. Another thing is also your indigent customers. Mm. If you are poor, there's policies that allow you that you must come actually come and register, but not everybody comes and register. So if you are registered, uh, then you then you qualify for those uh, um, uh, subsidies, which is available through your equitable share, as your first speaker uh, was alluding to. But uh, you also find that for some reason, I don't know if it's if it's pride or what, but the people don't always come and register, so they don't so they don't get the subsidy. Okay? Mm. Then, of course, going with that, if you are indigent, your consumption should reflect that. You can't you can't just use uh, Un, uh, uncontrollable or unlimited amount of, of, of services uh, but claim to be indigent, you know. And unfortunately, that is not the case. So the dead books are the people is indigent, but they use a huge amount of services which they cannot afford and the municipality cannot recover that money from from such a person. Then, uh, Kathy, I can also just uh, mention something about uh, the government, you know. So uh, just as an example, your government accounts. Now, very often, they don't, the municipality claim that they don't get a remittance advice. So the government will pay the account, but this amount, there's just all of a sudden a huge amount in the municipality's bank account, and they don't know whose account to credit because there's no remittance account. You know, and Lydia uh, from Sol Party, and she mentioned huge figures what they are out. There's a couple of government accounts in the Sopraki municipality, how, how much that clock know which department has paid what or which big creditor uh, or, or debtor has paid uh, what account. So there's also responsibility on on um, the public, if you've paid the account, to actually send those remittances through so that the people can, uh, can actually credit your account. And if it doesn't appear on your account, I mean, if I make a payment and it doesn't appear on my account, I'll follow it up. You don't just leave it. Mm, mm. And then, uh, um, so, yeah, lastly, what I want to say um, as well on this matter is, um, uh, you know, the internal capacity of municipalities. Um, if you compare a municipality with a furniture trade or the clothing trade or even a credit card, I mean, what happens to you if your credit card, you don't pay it on due day? Immediately the next day you get a phone call, you know, uh, or you didn't pay your, your furniture account. The next day you get a phone call to say, uh, we're not going to pay. And then you say, okay, I'll pay today. Then that afternoon they phone you then you haven't paid. But how can a municipality with 30,000 accounts only have two people in the credit department? It is just impossible if you don't have the technology uh, to, to, to drive that and to inform you that, listen, this guy uh, didn't pay and I sent him a final notice. Today's the last day of the final notice. Follow it up again. I mean, that capacity is not there and then, then it's actually snowballs. Mm. Um, if I may, Kathy, just another thing which I think Lydia also alluded to that in some areas there's, where there's prepaid meters <clears throat> there's a higher percentage rate so it shows you the value of prepaid meters and if the municipalities actually can distribute 
uh, electricity. So I know there's a big um, court case now between some municipalities and and Salga and ESCOM, <clears throat> who must distribute electricity, who must not. But the fact of the matter is, if your system is also not integrated, in other words, if you don't pay for certain services, but you go and buy electricity and you just get your electricity, you should be blocked. And that is also part of the capacity that we are actually highlighting and assisting municipalities to get those integration going so that if there's a certain part of your account that you don't pay, for example, if you don't pay your rates or you don't pay your refuse and you come to buy electricity, you say, no, 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 you owe a certain amount. (coughs) First pay that amount. But that can only work if in areas where the municipality actually distributes um, the electricity and uh, have prepaid meters. Yeah, thank thank you so much, uh, Danny, for for that. I think it's really helped to uh, to to break down a lot of the areas where the issues might be. Uh, Mbulelo, I just want to come back to you and talk to you about this uh, issue around indigent households. Often the complaint that, that we have, and, and I think Statistics South Africa has also raised this issue, is that municipalities aren't necessarily uh, keen to increase their list in terms of people that qualify under indigent households. So you, that you have a lot more people that qualify uh, to be considered indigent households, but um, municipalities often seem reluctant to, to, to increase these lists. Uh, well, uh, Kathy, as, as, as national culture, we, 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 we do have the sort of the statistics of the number of poor households based on the previous census that was uh, published by State SA. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we, we, we subsidize the municipalities then based on those, uh, those figures. For then um, we've got about uh, 10 million poor households and uh, we're giving each municipality 460 rand a month in this current financial year just for the basic services, uh, for people to access these basic services. That would most probably translate to about 56 billion uh, that we provide to municipalities. And uh, we, we've also noticed that uh, in terms of now, the people having registered to access this uh, subsidy, the, the municipalities, some of the municipalities have been really sort of uh, lexed in, in terms of uh, registering the poor household. So, so this, there is a campaign that we are also running where we're saying now um, it, it's more a campaign for people to pay for services. And obviously for those who are paying, we're saying they must go and register to, to the municipalities. So we have been uh, running a, a sort of um, a campaign and we are working now with SARS where we we, we, we were making sure that the, actually the people that are actually registered on this uh, database of uh, indigents, it's not people like me and you, because you find that in most rural municipalities, even teachers would be registered in that subsidy, in that uh, uh, indigent register. Right. This is more sort of maybe sometimes mischief by the, the councillors uh, that are that are involved, but we, we we're trying to to campaign for people to be aware that they can access this subsidy. We are already sort of giving it to to the municipalities. All right. Let me quickly go to Kolani. You're calling us from Boxburg. Good morning, Kolani. Morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Okay, Kathy. One reason, especially in my case, mm-hmm. when 
every time I, I go to to the municipality, I'm, I'm my ink or my problems are not resolved, or my queries are not resolved. That just a short story. Last year, I moved into a house in box bags, and I changed the electricity to prepaid. But when it came to water and um, the levies, I continued paying. After four months, the bills come back saying 3500 for, for water alone. I'm not counting the levies and so on. I went there and asked them what, what seems to be the problem. And, and how much did levies. you say the bill was for Lani? It was 3400 yeah, yeah. for water. Mm-hmm. And to me, it can't be. That means that means you, their, their system are not doing uh, the work or their workers are not reading the meters correct. Because for the past four months which I was there, I was paying less than 500. We are only two in the house. And you can't tell me I've used, for one month I've used 3,400 for water. I've lived in more expensive places where I'm, even the prepaid system, they don't cost that much. So when I go there each and every time, they're saying, no, uh, we, you know what, we'll just um, make it an average, we'll rate you for the next three months. I've went there almost three times now, but every time when I go there, the issue is not resolved. And the bill is still showing that 3400 mm. which was built. And now it's accumulating because I'm saying, I won't pay that amount because this amount, it doesn't reflect the actual usage of my water. So now how do you expect me to pay for something that I didn't use of which I'm not sure how you calculated that and you're not showing me that information. That is such an important point that, that you're raising there. So at the same time, the, 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 the city itself or the municipality have to be able to give the actual readings of each and every usage. If, if, you, if the, the municipality is going to assume People won't say won't be able to to, 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 to pay those amounts, or they won't be won't even be willing to pay those amounts. So that's one of the reasons I'm saying I, mean, I won't be able to pay that amount because All you right. guys are are, 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 are are making things up. Okay, Kolani, okay. thanks for calling in and for sharing your experience. Paul in Bloemfontein, good morning. Yeah, Kate, good morning. Mm. You know, this is a two-way process. Right? The commitment should also be from the officials as well. If they talk about the revenue collection. I'll make a practical example. Lydia alluded to the issue of prepaid electricity, whereby the number, the, 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 the statistics are indicating that these people do have prepaid electricity. The collection of that is, is, is better. Now it comes to water. In Mangau, there are people who are who have been who, who, whose houses have been installed with prepaid water. I have applied for several times since 2015 to ask them to come and actually install it to me. They even helped. We held uh, some meetings with the councillor as well, whereby the people in the neighbourhood voluntarily applied and handed over the forms to me to give it to the municipality. I give that to, the, to, to our municipality. Four years down the line, no installations have been made. The reason is, the minute you like, for instance, in my situation, I could sense that when I go on retirement, there will be a struggle now for, to keep up to date with what I've been paying. Hence, I wanted to have a prepaid electric, I mean, a water system. But as time goes, they don't install. You end up falling in areas, and they've got means that people can pay by installing this prepaid water meter. Even my mother, who's 88 years, her neighbors have got that uh, prepaid meter. She has applied for several times, but they are having them 
first neighbors. He doesn't have a pre-pacemaker. It is expected of her to be paying a certain amount of water, mm-hmm. irrespective of how old she is. So that is the, the short lack of commitment on the municipality side. Do everything. If you think that the pre-pacemaker is the way to go, why don't you install it? Particularly on people who have voluntarily requested you to do it. Because okay. I voluntarily said it, if you come and install it. All right. Okay, Paul, I hear you. And it's a big frustration. And I think some municipalities have done better with the rollout of of prepaid meters than than others. But it certainly is good just to hear some of the reflections of ordinary South Africans and what the challenges uh, that they face are. We've got literally under a minute left left for us to wrap up this conversation. Lydia, I'll give you one half of the 30 seconds before I give uh, Danny a, a, a chance to weigh in as well. Uh, thank you so much, Kathy. In closing, I would say that the non-payment of municipal services or the lower collection rate in municipalities has uh, very negative consequences on service delivery. If you look at the financial statements of municipalities for the period and the 3rd June of 2021, most municipalities' uh, cash flows had a deficit um, in as far as cash from operations are concerned, and it's not a healthy situation moving forward. I would urge the citizens as well as municipalities um, to work together and resolve the problem of non-collection. Thank you so much, Katie. Sure. Danny, let me give, give you uh, 30 seconds as well. Thank you, uh, Cathy. Just, just quickly, um, I just want to, we always urge uh, the municipalities that the tariffs must be cost-reflective. Very few municipalities actually do a, a cost cost study to do what it actually costs to provide a, a certain service. Therefore, the tariffs are just sort of every year uh, incremental. So if the, if the decision makers who actually then uh, decide to, to, to approve a certain tariff doesn't know what the cost is, they, they don't know what is the amount of subsidy to give uh, to the poor people. On the, that's the one side. And the other side is also the deceased estates. Deceased estates make uh, out a huge portion of uh, your debt. Sometimes the fourth generation person living in that house and uh, the, the, that estate is still not wound up because the people die in the state. So there should be social prog- uh, programs from the government to assist the poor people uh, to finalize deceased estates as sure. well. Thank Let you. me thank you all for coming onto the show and being part of our Municipal Watch feature for today. It's also where we leave it on the talking point. Up next is the update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo. We'll be back with you again tomorrow morning. Sakina, good afternoon.